0: All right. We're all the Jesus-loving people. We're ready. We're ready to receive something good, not because I'm here, but because he is here, and he is going to say some amazing things. The most important voice in this room is not me. It's the spirit and the life of Jesus. We've been in a series called The Voice because we want to learn how to listen to what he is saying to us. It's been a great series. Uh, We learned some important principles. We learned about not listening to Goliath, what the enemy would say, but listening to what God would say. Pastor Peter brought an incredible message on listening to become a victor and not a victim. Last week, Pastor Sam Farina brought incredible practice on having a daily time with God. And if you missed any of those messages, I encourage you to go back and pick them up online. Today I want to tell you that God is trying to say so much more. And during the series, people have said, but Scott, I have a hard time listening and hearing. So I want to just give you a principle that has been very helpful to me in my life in listening to what God says to me. And here is the principle, that when you walk in the written word, you hear more clearly the spoken word. We'll say that again, that when you walk in the written word, because God has written down most of what he's going to say to you. He has a book out, did you know? It's a bestseller. And it's written communication because God knows written communication is clear communication. When you buy a house, they write stuff down. It's a mortgage. When you rent a house, they have a rental agreement because they know that people can get amnesia. They can forget. So it's written down. And God wrote down so much of his communication. And if you walk in the written word, you will hear much closer and clearer the spoken word that he's trying to speak to your heart. Now he is trying to speak to your heart. Because God has so much more for you. He said to his disciples when he was on the earth here, he said, I've got so much more to say to you. And so I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you the whispers of God, that inner voice of God. And you hear the whispers of God, the still small voice, as the Bible calls it, much clearer when you're walking in tune with the written word, you hear more clearly the spoken word. And when you hear the spoken word of God, what he would say to your heart It expands your world. Just like those early disciples. He said it's not just about Jerusalem, guys. It's about Judea. It's about Samaria. And it's about the whole world. And God would say the same thing to you. When you start to hear him, it's not just about the city you live in. It's about the region you live in, and it's about the state you live in, and it's about the country you live in. In fact, God wants to use your life to bring His change to the whole world. And if your vision's not that high, it's because you're not listening to the spoken word. So as you listen to the written word, and so I'm going to just cover some things that are are so many things I could cover, but I'm going to cover some key things that I think the Lord has laid on my heart for you just to be reminded about and to line up with. And if you line up with these written things, you'll hear the inner things so much clearer. So the first thing I want to absolutely guarantee you, God has written it down. The whole book is a love letter, and here's what God says to you. You are loved. It's from Genesis to Revelation. God loves you. In fact, the best known verse in probably all the Bible is John chapter 3, and verse 16, where Jesus says, God so loved the world. How many of you are in the world? That, so you're included. God so loved you that he gave his only son. That whoever, how many of you would be included in whoever? Everyone in this room. That whoever would believe in Jesus would be in the family of God and would have a forever life. Never, ever, ever have to be separated from God. God doesn't just love you a little. He loves you a lot. The Bible says he loves you with lavish love. Listen to this as God speaks to us in his written word from 1 John chapter 3. See what great love the Father has lavished. That means that God will go out of his way to show you love. He goes the extra mile, he goes above and beyond. His love is abundant. His love is Is beyond what you can even imagine. It's what he calls lavish love. The thank you for that word of encouragement, and for that word of encouragement as well. Thank you. Where was I? You got to be careful. You got to help me, guys, because I I get so so distracted. The nursery is available, and uh, Kleenexes are in the front. Amen. Where was I again? Lavish. Thank you. See the enemy. Of doubt and fear wants to get you to doubt God's love. He'll say, God doesn't love you. Well, not as much as you may think. Because of what you've done, you've made so many mistakes. How could God love somebody who has messed up so many times? But God goes out of his way. That's what Jesus is all about. Jesus left heaven To go out of his way to come and express that lavish love for you. Jesus went to the cross to express lavish love for you. He went out of his way. In fact, God is not really interested in your mess-ups. He only looks them as a setup for your comeback. That you can begin again today because God's lavish love is here. God goes out of his way to love you. Max Licato tells a story of lavish love from a girl named Amy Wells, who worked in a bridal shop. It was just after Thanksgiving. It was in the city that Max Licato lives in, San Antonio. And uh, Amy was working there, and a family came in. It was a very busy time after Thanksgiving. A lot of families are together, and the, the shop was very busy. Most of the people very enthused at this moment to get a wedding dress for their princess. But one family was sort of over in the corner. They were very much to themselves, and they looked a little downcast. So Amy made her way uh, to the bride, who was Chrysalis, and, and she tried to say, hey, I'm glad you came. Is there any way I can help you? And she noticed they were very down, so she said, is everything all right? And Chrysalis said, well, everything's not all right. Maybe we shouldn't be here today. My father is in the hospital. The doctors say only a few more days for him. And He's never going to see the dress that we're here trying to pick out. In fact, with the medical bills, we don't even know if we can afford a dress. A, a, a dress. Maybe we shouldn't be here today. And at that moment, Amy heard a whisper in her heart, and she went above and beyond. She said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You find the most beautiful dress you can find. We're going to box it up. We're going to send it to the hospital today. You're going to put it on and your dad is going to see your wedding dress. She sent them out of the store. She never took a credit card number from them. She never even took a phone number. That's lavish. That's risky because lavish love is risky love. She went to the hospital. Chrysalis put on the dress. She put on the veil. Her dad was sedated. She opened the door, and they woke him up, and for about 20 seconds, he looked at her with the most beautiful smile. And that 20 seconds meant the world to that family because just a few days later, and he went home to be with the Lord. Amy went above and beyond in that moment. And isn't that what God does for you every single day? He lavishes love on you. In fact, while you're sitting right here right now, God is lavishing His love on you. How do I know? Well, how many of you are breathing? You breathe about 16, average person, 16 times in a minute. Now, I know you're very excited about the message, and you may be breathing a little harder right now. But the average person breathes about 16 times in a minute, about 1,000 times in an hour, about to- a little more than 23,000 times in a day. Every year you've been breathing 8,400,000 plus times in a year. And with every breath, God is saying to you, I love you. I've created this world for you. I'm giving you breath for you to breathe. I'm giving you life so that you can experience life. No wonder Paul the Apostle writes in Romans chapter 8, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Heights can't separate you from the love of God. Depths can't separate you from the love of God. Angels can't separate you from the love of God. Demons can't separate you from the love of God. The stress of today and the worry of tomorrow, nothing can separate you from the love of God. He wrote it. He wrote it in ink, and he wrote it with the love that flows from Calvary's cross. He says to you today, you are loved. And if you say, but Scott, if you knew my story, I've messed up too many times because that's one of the enemy's favorite things to say to people. I'm here to tell you something else that God says over your life. He says you can be totally and completely forgiven. You can have your slate wiped absolutely clean. He says it over every one of us. He's written it to us. He writes to us in 1 John and he says, if you will confess your sin, if anyone in this room will confess your sin, what? God is faithful And he's going to forgive you and cleanse you from what the Bible says, all unrighteousness. You can be completely and totally forgiven. Totally wiped. Sometimes when we teach here in the church, or maybe you've seen a teacher using a whiteboard. And if you let the ink stay on the whiteboard too long, or if you use the wrong kind of marker. Somebody's done that, I can tell. And then you try to take the image off. If it's been there too long, you can wipe the whiteboard, but the image is still there. Sometimes that's how people think about their life. They think, well, God has wiped my board, but I can still see the image. If that happens here in the church, we have a special spray. We can spray down that board. We soak it. And then we wipe it real good until you can see no image at all. And that's what God does to your life. He soaks you down. He sprays you off. And then he says, I am completely, totally, utterly forgiving you. You can stand today absolutely like a whiteboard clean. In fact, he says in the Bible, whiter than snow. But we don't like snow in Florida. So we're going to say, whiter than a whiteboard. Amen. There's a man here in Sarasota that served our nation in the military. And part of his service in the military, he had to do some things that really have bothered him almost all his life. I talked to him not too long ago. And I talked to him about the forgiveness of God. And I asked him, I said, have you asked God for forgiveness. You were under orders. You understand that, yes, but he still was bothered. I said, have you asked God to forgive you? And he says, yes, I have. And I told him, when you ask for forgiveness, God goes to the board of your life and he wipes it absolutely clean. He said, th- I said, the problem is that you then walk and take up a marker and start to redraw the picture. And you keep redrawing it over and over and over again. And I said, I've got a message for you. From your heavenly Father, put down the marker. Let it go. God has cleaned you up. Quit trying to remind God of stuff he's already cleansed from you. You are completely, totally forgiven. And when you walk in that truth, you will hear the spoken word of God more clearly. When you wake up every morning and say, I am loved. I am forgiven. Then you begin to understand that your life has an immense purpose. In fact, Jesus looks at you and he says... One of the things I promise you He says, because it's written in His Word, He says this about you. You are the light of the world. He says that to you. He said it to His disciples. And notice this. He didn't say it to His disciples after He had been teaching them for many years. He said it to the disciples as soon as He appointed them. He appointed them, and then He said to them, Hey, I want you guys to know you are the light of the world. He didn't just say it to the 12 disciples. He said that while he was giving the Sermon on the Mount, which was a sermon given to thousands of people who wanted to follow him, and he was calling their lives higher. He was saying to them, you are the light of the world. He wants you to walk into every room, and when you walk into the room, you light it up. He wants you to walk into every room, and because you are there, there's a warmth you're the light of the world. He wants you to walk into every room and people grow because that's what light does. He says to you, you are the light of the world. Are you listening and are you hearing his voice clearly? Let me show you how this works. David, you're sitting right here. Can you help me out? I know you're very cooperative. Come on up, buddy. Uh, It's actually David's birthday this weekend, so you can all say happy birthday to David. Right, and, and face me. That's it. Face me. That's it. That's what God says to you, David. He says, you are the light of the world. He wants to say that into your heart. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of other voices that are also trying to get David's attention and trying to get your attention. I need a couple more guys that will help me out. A couple guys. Come on. You can help me out. Yeah, come on. You guys can help me out. Just hop up here because there's other voices. Hop up as quick as you can. I know physically yeah, you can make it a little faster. I know you can do that. We have limited time here. Just come on over here. Chan, right here. Just stand right. Face David. Just stay. Face. Face Get a little bit closer. You you come behind here. There you go. Here we go. No, sorry. Chan. Okay, gotcha. Here we go. So Jesus is saying here's Jesus. David, you are the light of the world. But there's all kinds of other voices that try to get between what Jesus says about you and what they're saying. There's the voice that says, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. With enthusiasm. You're not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you had a stronger voice in you. I knew it. I've heard that voice. Did you ever hear that voice? Oh, you're not going to make it. No. You never hear it. You're a bad example for this illustration. <laughs> <laughs> you're not enough. You're not enough. So here's Jesus saying, you're the light of the world. But we let other voices. And we—if I could, I could stack up ten other voices here. And what happens is they are drowning out what the written word says about you. And I'm calling you to walk by the written word so that when you walk by the written word, you're pushing these voices out of the way. You're pushing them out of the way so that then you can hear the spoken word of God, because it's not just in the Bible. It comes into your heart. Give all my friends a great big hand. Thank you so very much. Thanks for coming up. The enemy tries to say. You can't be the light of the world. I'm just going to ask you to quit letting the enemy put a dimmer switch on your light. I'm going to ask you to hear what Jesus says about you. To walk in that written word. He said it to his disciples before his disciples had been disciples very long. He said it to a crowd of people just like this, and they hardly knew anything about the kingdom of God. And he says it to you today. You are the light of the world. Every room you walk into this week, light it up. Every room you walk into, bring warmth. Every room you walk into this week, bring warmth because he says, You are the light of the world. So when you get up every morning and you know, I am loved by God. I'm forgiven by God. I have a purpose of being light in the world. You start to listen and your heart becomes sensitive so that you can hear what the Holy Spirit says to you. Because it's not just about Jerusalem. It's about Judea. It's about Samaria. And it's about your life changing the whole world. But you got to start to walk in the written word. And understand this. You're loved by God. You're forgiven by God. You are the light of the world. And here's something else he says about you, and it's amazing. You are God's masterpiece. Now, now we live, uh, friends, we live in one of the most beautiful parts of our whole country. Could I get an amen? amen. We have, we know, we have uh, the most beautiful beach in all of America. Siesta, I've been around the world. I haven't found a nicer beach, Uh, Hawaiian beaches, Indian Ocean Beach. I haven't found a nicer beach. And I'm not an all-day kind of beach guy, but I love the sunsets over the Gulf of Mexico. They are absolutely breathtaking. I've been places on the beach when the sun is setting, there's been a crowd of people, and a hush falls over the crowd because the beauty of the sunset literally takes your breath away. And God says, if you want to see a masterpiece, you don't look over the Gulf of Mexico. You look at the person sitting beside you. That's what he says. He says in Ephesians chapter 2, you are, this is his written word, you are God's masterpiece. You are created anew in Christ so that you can do the good things that he planned for you to do a long time ago. Now, if you've ever watched an artist work, when they're beginning their art, their paint, their clay, you may not know what they're doing, and I'll remind you that you are a work in progress. But the value of your life is not the material you're made out of. The value of your life is the artist who's working on you. I like that grandmother whose grandson came in and he was down because they had given him a hard time at school and they'd said a lot of negative, ugly things about him. And she sat him down and she said, son, you are not junk because God doesn't make junk. You are a masterpiece because that's what God makes. And you are a masterpiece because that's what God makes. And the best way for you to be a masterpiece is not to be a cheap imitation of someone else. Quit trying to be someone else. Walk in the anointing that God has for you. Walk in the calling that God has for you. Because the value of your life is released on the earth when you are the original that God made you to be. The DNA of your life is different than everyone else. The fingerprint of your life is different than everyone else. And God created you to be a masterpiece on the earth. And you are a masterpiece because you're an original. Don't try to be someone else. Darla and I have had the opportunity to be at the Louvre in Paris and they've got a lot of masterpieces at the Louvre. They've got Rembrandt and they've got Michelangelo and they've got car, they've got beautiful sculpture and beautiful paint. And then they then they've got the, they've got right there, the, the, one, the one everybody wants to see in the Louvre. You got to go see her and she's behind bulletproof glass and she's well protected. And uh, I looked at her and she smiled at me. The Mona Lisa, and she got that signature there, Leonardo da Vinci, who created a masterpiece. In, in fact, there, if, you, if you notice, if you ever get to the Louvre, uh, there's no price tag on her. She is not for sale. In fact, she's priceless because she's an original. Now, you can go to the, to the little gift shop there, and you can buy the Mona Lisa for about 25 cents. You can put a stamp on her and send her over the ocean because they've got postcards of the Mona Lisa. They're only worth 25 cents when the original is priceless. Why? Because they're cheap imitations. And God isn't calling you to be a cheap imitation. He's calling you to be the one that he is working on. He's signing you. You are his masterpiece. That's how he sees you. I don't care how anybody else sees you. Those other voices that are lined up, he says... He writes it so he writes it. So when you live in this written word, you can start to hear. You can start to say, you know what? God could speak to my heart because he's creating a masterpiece. He wants to bring direction to my life. I am loved by God. I'm forgiven by God. I'm the light of the world. I'm a masterpiece. And the last thing I'm going to say, and there's so much I could say, the last thing I'm going to say is you have divine destiny. That when he speaks over your life, here's what he's talking about. God is talking about you behind your back. I'm just, and he's talking to you in front of your face. I'm just telling you things he's saying. You're loved. You're loved lavishly. You're forgiven. You're forgiven totally. You're a light, not just of your street. You're a light of the world. Your life is to have influence on a global scale. You're not only that, you are a masterpiece. And then he says, you are divine in your destiny. Here's the metaphor that we see. When Peter writes to us. And he says, the Lord's declaration over you is that you are living stones. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. Okay, I'll have to look at my notes. Ah, thank you. I want you to see that. I want you to see it. What's he called? He calls you, which is an interesting metaphor. Living stones. Because in Jesus' day. The houses, the construction was made of stones and they would have mortar. So as people passed by buildings, they would see stones. And he says, this is what you are. You are a stone. You're in a building that he calls the temple of God or the house of God or the work of God. You're a part of the work of God. And it's important that you fulfill your part because without you, there's a hole in the wall. So you are a living stone in what God is doing on the planet in this generation. And you're not part of a dead thing. You're part of a living thing. You are a living person that should be a part of a living work. It's called the body of Christ. It's called the family of God. And it's on the planet to do one thing, and that is to change the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're part of that. You're a living stone, he says. And then he goes on to say, you are a holy priest. He says that about all of the brothers in this room. You're a holy priest. He says it about all the sisters. It's written to you. It's written. You are a holy priest. And what does a priest do? A priest brings people to God. Like that person who made the invitation one time, two times, three times, four times, ten times, twenty times, thirty times, forty times, fifty times plus. What was he doing? Bringing someone close to God. And that's why we're on the planet. And when we do that, like Jesus as a mediator, the Bible verse says we please God. God smiles on our life. God says your divine destiny is being fulfilled because you are hearing my voice and you are doing your divine work. You are bringing people that are far away from God into the family of God. So when you get up every morning and you walk in this written word, It's clearly written, you're loved by God, you're forgiven by God, you are the light of the world, you are a masterpiece, you have divine destiny. When you get up every day and you walk in that written word, you're able to tune in to the things he's saying to your spirit. And he's saying to your spirit, it's not just small, it's not about Jerusalem, it's about Judea, it's about Samaria, it's about Bradenton, it's about Tampa, It's about Tallahassee. It's about the state. It's about the nation. It's about the whole world. And when you fulfill your spot, your living spot in his work on the planet, it creates an effect in the whole world. And I want to be part of a people that is in that living work of God, living the destiny that God has for us, because it's far greater than anything I could imagine for myself. And he's speaking that to us. We want to have ears To hear what the Holy Spirit would say. I've been praying that prayer. I hope you have been. Last week, Pastor Sam gave us a prayer from 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 10. And it's when the young man Samuel says, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. That's not just to be prayed seven days ago, that's to be prayed today. I've been praying it every day. And I encourage you to pray it because God is saying some things. And I'd like you to start to hear what I absolutely know He's saying about you. He's written word so that you could start to hear his inner word, that whisper of the Spirit. And the world will never be the same because you're a part of this world and you're walking in that divine destiny. In Jesus' name, I believe that together for you. And in Jesus' name, we receive it. Amen. We're going to stand together for prayer, if you'd be so kind. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come immediately to the altar. I want to lead in a prayer that says, Lord, Be the Savior of our lives. Some will be praying this prayer for the very first time. Some will pray it for the first time in a long time. But this is a moment of decision. I'd like 100% of us to open our hearts to the most important voice in this room. Not my voice, but the voice of Jesus. I promise you He is standing at your heart's door, and I promise you He's knocking. He just wants you to open up so that He can come in and do what? Have fellowship with you. Speak with you. You have to know that he wants to do that, and you have to receive that. So this prayer is a prayer we pray together as a declaration of our faith. I'd like 100% of us to pray it together. Would you lift your voice and say out loud, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I open my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. I repent of my sins, and I leave them behind. And I turn towards you, Lord to receive your love, your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. Thank you for loving me and never giving up on me. Now, I'm never giving up on you. I'm going to follow Jesus every day of my life. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, 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 amen. That's a good prayer. It's a great prayer. That's a life-changing prayer. And for those that are saying yes to Jesus for the first time or for the first time in a long time, it's very important that you let us know, either by coming forward and telling one of our prayer partners, hey, I prayed that prayer. You can text it in even. Just if you're saying yes to God, just simply take your phone out and text yes to 941 1321 and just say yes, and we'll start a dialogue with you. We want to help you. We believe that God has a great destiny for your life, and we want you to walk in that destiny. So in the next few moments, Whatever your need is, our prayer partners are here to pray with you and to pray for you. There are communion tables. If you'd like to remember Jesus, that he died on the cross, took away all your sin and all your shame. We do that when we take the bread and the cup. We remember that Christ died for us and remember he didn't stay dead, that he rose on the third day and he's with us right here, right now. We remember Jesus in communion. You don't have to be a member of this church to receive communion. You don't have to be a member of this church to receive prayer. We would like everyone to grow in grace. We'd like everyone to receive what God has for them. And we believe there's a miracle in the house. And we believe there's a miracle with your name on it. We want to see you transformed by the power of God. We want to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit come alive in your life and transform you. So I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing. And after that prayer, there's no other benediction. People will come and pray. People will receive communion. The worship team will lead us. You can go with the grace of God. If you've been a guest here today, thank you so much for coming. We'd love you to join us on this journey. Thank you for inviting your friends to come. We want you to feel right at home when you come. And if you're a guest, we'd like you to stop by the VIP room, because that's what you are. You're a VIP. We'd like to give you some gifts. We'd like to get to know you. It's back on the left-hand side. I want to pray this blessing, and I want you just to, to just listen. Keep listening even though we're bringing this series to a conclusion, we're going to start a great series next weekend on the seven letters to the churches in the book of Revelation. And you know what he says to those churches over and over again? If you've got ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit would say. If you got ears to hear, listen. So we want you to have ears to hear what the Spirit would say to us. So I pray this blessing. May the Lord bless and may the Lord keep you. May you know and declare and walk and live in these truths that you are loved. You're loved by God. You're loved lavishly by God. That you can be completely and totally forgiven. Your slate can be made white. That you are the light of the world. And in every room that you walk into, you have a divine destiny. That you would light that room up. That you're a masterpiece. God is not making junk. He's making you into something so beautiful, so incredible, that it will be amazing to the world. Be the original God has created you to be. And live as a living stone, a lively person in the kingdom of God. Live as a holy priest, one who is constantly bringing others into the family of God. This is your divine destiny. I bless you in the strong name of Jesus, and in Jesus' name, you are very blessed. I bless the communion, the worship, and I bless this day and this week that's coming up. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says amen. Let's just give the Lord an ovation of praise. Good to be together.